Welcome back to another episode of Lightsaber Radio. Today we have news, we have rumors, and we have a special treat for you all. From the deepest reaches of the YouTube, we have a content creator. You know him, you love him. He is going to be known as Trey Vidman. And in order to get to know our guest, Miss Charlie's going to take it away after you. Hi, Trey. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, obviously, us as a team, we've been looking at some of the stuff you've been doing. Um, you do a lot of reaction vids, a lot of lightsaber reviews. What's what's your deal on YouTube? What do you do? Tell us all about it. Well, hey, I'm so happy to be here. Um, I, I'm just stoked to be able to be on this podcast. Like, I've been looking forward you, to it. <laughs> I've been looking forward to it all week. Um, I do a lot of uh, lightsaber reviews and stuff like that. Um, I go through the different features and uh, the different uh, aesthetics of different budget lightsabers because that's one thing is the lightsaber market right now. There's Absolutely. a lot. Oh yeah, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of things out there. Um, and people are really just trying to find the best lightsaber that can fit their budget. And that's my goal is to lead them towards that. Fantastic. Um, I guess I'm going to ask you the couple of questions I wanted to ask. Um, what is the best lightsaber for a kind of smaller budget? Like I've been looking into lightsabers for about a year now and I have spent some money, believe me. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, the best lightsaber for a budget. There is, so I work with a company called LGT Sabers. Oh, fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah, they are absolutely amazing. I love their lightsabers. The I actually talked to the founder of the company. Um, we have a pretty good repute between each other. Um, and he is just really, uh, his mindset is that he wants the fans to be happy. He wants a great lightsaber for people who really love Star Wars. And that's something that I absolutely love and is actually why I started um, working with his company uh, is because of their kind of goal of wanting to make a great lightsaber for people who can't really afford something like Ultra Sabers or Saber Forge or uh, stuff like that because honestly those are so expensive. They are. Um, oh yeah. My one of my favorite lightsabers they have a really low uh, like uh, uh, they have multiple different tiers of uh, lightsabers that you can get. The bottom tier is kind of your average uh, uh, metal lightsaber with kind of that uh, quick swing sound where you'll be swinging it and every once in a while it just go vroom, vroom, mm. vroom, while you're swinging it around, which is what most most lightsabers have. Um, but my absolute favorite budget soundboard is their sound two board that has the smooth swing on it. So it's exactly like an actual lightsaber from uh, the movies where you'll, as long as you're swinging it, the sound will be going off. I cannot imagine how satisfying that must be. It's really hard to go back to a cheap lightsaber after that. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, but yeah, those are usually be about- It'll hard for me to get used to it. Yeah, it is. 
Like, I'll, I'll be used to trying to make my own sounds going boom, 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 and if the lightsaber's doing it, I don't... <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the, the sound I could never pull off was the extension or the uh, the retraction. Yeah. Yeah. The... Yep. 10 out of yeah. 10. You should make your own soundboards. Oh, thank you. I try. Try my best. Had enough practice with my cousin when we were younger. We, um, If you go back... Uh, quite a ways in my uh, YouTube channel, which please don't don't do that. I I, I suggest not. <laughs> oh, I already have. Don't worry. Oh no! <laughs> I want oh, secrets. <laughs> no, here at Super Radio, we do research. So, so, so right now, Trey's face is mirroring Anakin's with "What have I done?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, um, but uh, way back when I made a. A video on my lightsaber collection and I have 63 lightsabers in a bin that are all of those like flick out ones that you'd have as a kid. Uh, uh, uh. Man, what are you talking about? Whenever Kyle and I were young, because we're old, we would use the toilet paper tubes and the, and the paper towel tubes as our lightsabers and just paint them, <laughs> man. Come on now. <laughs> Put some duct tape on the end for a handle. Or, or the wrapping paper ones. So you yeah, can get Oh, yeah, those wrapping paper Ooh, ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. You'd swing them once and they'd bend all the way. And then smack you in the knuckles. Start to unravel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I noticed that, you, that uh, I would say at least half of your content is lightsaber product review and placement, things like mm -hmm. that. How did you get into the Star Wars universe to where you're like, Okay, those light swords, I really want one, and I want to talk about them all day long. How'd you get to Star Wars? So I have been a huge Star Wars fan ever since I was probably about five years old. Um, my dad showed me the movies when I was younger. We ended up going to Revenge of the Sith um, in theaters, which is one of, like, one of my favorite memories as a kid. And my cousin and I and, and my brother, we all used to, whenever we went to my grandparents' house, we would take those flick out lightsabers and be playing with them all day long. And so as I got older, um, I just kept collecting and kept collecting and uh, especially action figures. I've probably got, I, I have almost 300 uh, Star Wars action figures. Whoa. I, I love it. <laughs> and so there, uh, as I got older, I started finding out about this thing called cosplay as well which um, I really got into and I made my own Jedi costume. I actually have two Jedi costumes that I put together myself. Um, and with that kind of a love for the idea of a real life lightsaber, I think every Star Wars fan has this, this desire to have that. And that just grew in me until finally I found a company called Ultra Sabers. Well, Ultra Sabers has kind of a bad reputation now and everything like that. Mm -hmm. I don't I, I don't support people buying their stuff um, because it's it's I agree. Yeah. For one, it's it's overpriced. And two, there's a really bad reputation behind it. I have two of their lightsabers, but that was before all of that controversy happened. Yeah. Um, but that's what kind of started me into it because I was a little baby who didn't know anything about the lightsaber, I've the overall I've lightsaber. Been there. <laughs> yeah, that's like out there. In there. Yeah, because they're so they're it's so overwhelming. Many. Yeah. So overwhelming. And as I got older, um, I, I had these lightsabers and I wanted one so badly with sound because my cousin had one of the force effects lightsabers. I was like, oh, that's so cool. 
Um, and as I kept um, looking more and more into the lightsaber community, I found different features and different uh, lightsaber companies that were out there that had different designs. And eventually it led me to AliExpress, which is, yeah, AliExpress is awesome. Um, and I was looking through and I tried to find a lightsaber that was, and one day I was just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up lightsabers. So I looked it up and I'm like, oh my gosh, they actually have stuff on here and it's really cheap. And so I scrolled through and I was just like, uh, I'm going to buy one of these. I, I'm just going <laughs> to try it. And so I set up a PayPal account. I purchased one and um, that was through a store called, uh, oh, I'm gonna, uh, LG Saber. It was something like that. Um, it, right I say right it now, he's experiencing video. too many corporate overlordisms. <laughs> <laughs> but what ended up happening is um, once I got the lightsaber, the company actually split into two different companies, TXQ Sabers and LGT Sabers, um, because they had a difference of opinion and everything like that and yeah. different I ways. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, when I got the lightsaber, I was like, this thing's freaking awesome. And uh, the thing was, was when I first started my YouTube channel, um, the reason I made my second video, because my first video was just like a special effects test because I love video editing. Um, So it was a special effects test for a, a kid flash special effect thing. Hmm. Um, and, but my second video that really got me into YouTube was this Jedi belt video because I want, um, searched and searched and searched for a video on how to make a Jedi belt when I was making my Jedi costume and nothing was out there. And so once I figured out how to do it, I was like, I want to help people like learn how to make their own stuff. And so I made a video on it and that kind of same thing happened with the lightsaber. I got the lightsaber and I was like, there's no way I can't make a review on this because like, I I want people to see that there's options out there for anybody to be able to get a lightsaber for their budget in, in anything that they want to do. Cause it had RGB, it had flash on clash, it had um, sound, it had multiple sound fonts, which was awesome. Like all of these different features. And I was like, a lightsaber like this would cost like 500 bucks. And I ended up getting it for 60 or $70. They are a luxury item for such good prices. You can get screen accurate, everything from Luke, Obi-Wan, mm-hmm. Qui-Gon, Leia, you name it, they've got it. And I, I think LGT is so fantastic. Yeah. I have to ask, you have 64 flick out lightsabers. <laughs> yep. you, must, you, you must have a favorite color. Tell us your favorite color and why. Uh, my f- Okay, so my favorite lightsaber color actually isn't within the universe right now. Um, it's mm-hmm. actually more of a teal. I love the idea of like a blue-green nice. lightsaber. Yeah. Uh, whenever I actually have a NeoPixel lightsaber that I kind of call my own, um, mm-hmm. that's kind of like my design. And uh, that one, like every single sound font on there has a teal blade because I just, I, I love it so much. 
So I'm curious, with a teal lightsaber and doing all these product reviews and a huge Star Wars fan, who's who's your favorite character? Is Revenge of the Sith your favorite movie? What's your favorite trilogy? And what are you excited about in the upcoming like live action series? Because I know that you're burning to talk about Bad Batch too. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, oh man. Oh my gosh, that is so hard. Um, my favorite character probably, I mean, I I got to go with the classics. Like L- Luke is one of my favorite characters of all time. And I know, I know that I'm going to get some, some flack for that, but he, he is this character that came from just nothing and was like a child in his maturity and everything like that. And you get to watch his story as he grows into this Jedi, into what the Jedi should be. So canon or EU Luke? Um, I, I I gotta go with EU Luke. Like seeing his progression, even even with, um, cause I, I got to read, I mean, I have a huge collection of the books. Um, I'm not a huge reader, but I'm like, I have them. So then if I want to read them, I, I can. But I got to read um, the Junior Jedi series. And oh gosh, it's awesome. I love the Junior Jedi series. Um, And so watching him go from uh, even Return of the Jedi into this like uncle and father figure and then watching him rise and fall and, and, and figure out how to fix all of these different things, but never seeing really him break like they did in the canon. It's just such a beautiful story. And it's something that I, when I, I mean, like a lot of fans, once I saw um, The Last Jedi, it just broke me. Very, very cool. Very cool. So I'm I'm getting ready to let everybody just go running here. And everybody always expects me to do long intros to the uh, recent Bad Batch episodes. (laughs) I have, I'm going to sum up the most recent Bad Batch episode in two words, and then y'all just go at it. Kara Syndulla. Who's first? Who's first? Garrison, well, Garrison, we, you, you, you come on up, G-Money. I, I just thought it was a solid episode. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of bad bets in it, but I actually didn't mind that. I liked how they showed a little bit more of the, the progression of the Empire, because that's one of the things in the bad bets that has interested me a lot. It's kind of the progression from Galactic Republic to Galactic Empire, and how that kind of went about, and how they became the Empire that we know from the originals, and how they turned into that. And so I liked how, how it kind of shows what they're starting to do with all the worlds that they control, and, um, and how it's like for the people that are starting to live under the, the empire and so i love how it shows a little bit more of that and how it shows like what how these people are feeling with the, the empire kind of infringing upon their rights or um, making them do things that they don't necessarily want to do and so that's the part that i kind of love from it kind of my rebel vibe <laughs> there you go there you go kyle you've been kind of quiet so far what was your thoughts oh i was i already watched it four times <laughs> no said <laughs> we all know why uh, I am a big Hera fan. Yeah, um, he is. Now, 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 notice he said Hera, not heroin. We want, we didn't ever want to make him on the try. You gotta make that. <laughs> um, ever since Rebels, I've been a big fan of Hera, and to kind of see where she came from and how she progressed and where she got her star from, I just thank Dave and them for that. It just showed her love for flying. How she was, I love that scene where she's sitting there explaining her idea of flying to yeah. Omega. You know how it was so. You have to feel it, how it was just, it was a beautiful work of art for them just to explain it. It was like, 
And it just it, it just made me love her even more. Like, oh man, she just that that whole the way she flew throughout all of Rebels um, just made her such a special character. And you know, I, if I could marry a Star Wars character, she would be in my top five of the ones I could marry. Um, and I well, like, well, you're sitting on the Falcon. Would Han or Chewie be number one? Uh, uh probably Chewie. You know, there you go. Chewie's a better protector <laughs> than Han. Han just you know takes lightsabers to the stomach, and I don't think that that's a good thing. <laughs> 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 oh my oh my Charlie uh, uh, Trey what, what were your thoughts on the bad match let's move away from that one uh, I oh my gosh I, I loved it like just being able to see I, I mean like like I said being able to see Hera like growing up and of course like it's it's a Dave Filoni show so every single animated series has to have some sort of uh, story arc on Ryloth um, but I, I just loved it like being able to see where she came from you know and being able to see who she was before um, before everything that she went through and before uh, Kanan and all that being able to see those characters before Rebels which I, I absolutely love that show like it yeah, it's just it was so good and I mean just like every animated series like the first first and second season were just kind of like okay yeah alright let's get the ball moving a little bit but then once you get to the point where they have that time jump and Ezra's like more of a Jedi now and he's struggling with the dark side and seeing uh, his progression with Kanan and seeing um, Hera and Kanan getting closer together and all of that stuff is so neat and being able to see Hera before all of that and seeing her love for flying and seeing where she came from and seeing like just all of that stuff like you said that conversation with her and Omega was just so cool it's it was just an awesome episode and it, it was just so good I want to circle back to your thoughts on Ezra and Rebels in just a second because uh, this is a treat to have you on and we're we're just awesome awesomely impressed by your work and everything about you and just great to have you here so i want to circle back to that in a second but charlie give it to us chopper that's all i care about yes. <laughs> that's it <laughs> that's it <laughs> no yes. um I thought the episode was really lovely. It was nice to, um, I call it like a breather, having a breather in the middle of a series. It was nice to take a step away from the Bad Batch. Let them get on with being dads, that's fine. Um, Dad Batch. um, Something I was really interested in, um, the accents, uh, all of the Twi'leks that we met have French accents. Is Is that specific to their planet? Is that specific to their sort of uh, upbringing dialect where does that come from is that genetic someone please explain for me are, are you just saying that because of the whole British French dynamic where you've been at war for like 600 years I love the French don't tar us all with the same brush I like, I, I, I like French fries Pearson <laughs> what would you say dude <laughs> I'm part French come on last name to cut come on but don't hate on the French <laughs> oh not hating like I said I love the fries especially with chili and cheese I enjoy some baguettes yeah Oh, baguettes. There you go. French accents. Twi'lek French accents, guys. Focus. Well, basically, if you go back to Rebels, 
if you go back to Rebels, Hera doesn't have an accent in Rebels other than when she's in the episodes where she's dealing with her dad. And then there's a couple times she gets mad and the accent comes back out. Oh. But I think it's something that has to do with all the Twillers. Because if you listen to everybody that talked to on that, that talked on this episode, they all had the accent. So yeah, well, well, while you're talking about accents there, Kyle, did you catch that Vanessa Marshall was the voice of young Hera in this episode? She was she was Hera in Rebels also. Yeah, she uh, there was an interview with her a couple weeks back about how she loved doing Hera's uh, voice in the Rebels. So it was kind of like a spoiler. Like she didn't say she was going to be in the Bad Batch or in any other things. But it's like, come on, y'all. If y'all why, why are y'all just interviewing now? Rebels has been gone for like five years, 10 years. How long has it been since the last season of Rebels? 2014, 2015? And so... You know, it's been a while since Rebels has been out and all you all of a sudden you guys are doing an interview with her. It's like, come on, you guys just basically made it up that she's going to be on something here pretty soon. Well, that, that could be part of the whole Disney Star Wars misdirection dynamic, too. It's possible, but it was just too obvious. You know, it's like, oh, OK, she's coming out somewhere. Fair enough. Fair enough. Trey, I'm, uh, I want to come back to you for one quick second. Sure. Uh, well, 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 first of all, give me your thoughts there. Yeah, I uh, as far as the accent goes, I think one thing that is very telling about something that might be coming in the Bad Batch because I, I don't think we're done with Ryloth. I think that there is definitely more to to come in the Bad Batch. Well, the next um, episode is called Rescue on Ryloth. See, there we go. And I, I, I think that what's going to end up happening is we're going to see um, Hera being broken off from the rest of the Twi'leks. And seeing that uh, where she ends up is why she doesn't have that accent anymore. Well, if we if we can do a recall back to Rebels, her dad, Cham, General Sindula, him and her always had this father, uh, father-daughter just clashing dynamic. And it's interesting that you say a breaking off. I'm wondering if it's a forced break off or if he's trying to have peace for the people and she's wanting to be more like the uncle and wanting to fight the empire, or sure. if it's a, or if it's a forced break. Garrison, what you think, dude? No, I think it's more of a like they just have different views, difference of opinion. What I think is going to happen in this next episode, we're going to have the bad batch kind of interact more with the, the people there. Um, and I think you're going to see the bad batch transition from kind of being fugitives to more being active rebels in the fight. At least that's what I hope will happen. Because if they're going to go rescue the people on Ryloth, then they're probably going to be a little bit more active. I think they're going to be a little bit more engaged in what's going on with the Empire instead of just kind of uh, wandering around and kind of being fugitives. Kyle, what do you think about that? Uh, I think that that's I think that that's on the path that they're on. But I have a feeling that Dave and M is going to explain Syndulla's story more. And I think this is when when the meshing and the creating the creation of Rebels starts to come together. I think her and the Jaren is or um, uh, uh, whatever the Canaan. Um, I think this is where they're going to meet in this episode. I think this is going to be the beginning because he just ran off in the very first episode, and then she now they're introducing her. It just shows it just it, it just fits together for them to now come together and the starting of where the rebels would where, where about the rebels is, would begin a little bit. You know, maybe a few years sooner because you know they're they're both awfully young at this point. But I have a feeling this is where their first meeting is going to happen. So kind of jumping off there with what you're saying, I'm going to theorize for just a moment. 
with whenever Hunter let Kanan go or Caleb Doom go in the first episode, like what you're saying, in the introduction of uh, Hera here, do you suppose that since Caleb is on the run, he makes his way somehow to Ryloth or Crosshair is tracking him? And that's going to be kind of the secondary side story of where uh, he's going to have to confront his old brothers again, either still hunting Caleb or the separation of Hera or thoughts, anybody? I think that they're, that they're going to come together. I think that there's going to be a point where um, where they're brought into the situation, you know, where where I think the Bad Batch is definitely going to come for the rescue of Ryloth. It's called the Bad Batch for a um, so I think that they're going to come. They're going to be there for a certain point when it comes to the, this this next episode. Now, how that transpires, that's a whole different scenario. I mean, it, it like Dave and them could take that so many different ways. But I have a feeling that they're going to be there for the rescue. And I don't know if they're going to take Sindula or if uh, maybe Kanan is brought with them. But I have a feeling that, 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 that somehow that's going to all mesh together. And this is going to be the meeting place of Sula, or of Hera and um, Kanan. I really feel like that's the direction that they're going. I'm just saying it would be awesome if the Bad Batch and the Sindulas were in a firefight and all of a sudden you just see this kind of robed figure walking by and then uh, he's trying to fight whether or not he should help him and then all of a sudden lightsaber Caleb comes out of nowhere and just starts taking him down. That would be so dope. Well, and if you when you watch the episode and you really pay attention to what's going on in the episode, uh, what's his face? Um, the head, uh, the head storm, uh, clone uh, trooper. I forgot his name on that episode. Crosser? Uh, no, not. Or, uh, or no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the one with the blue on. I can't remember what his name is. He's having some problems. He's like, wait a minute, this ain't right. What's going on? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I don't feel right about this. And you see it several times, especially when they bring Hera back, and he's like, uh, you know, and he tells her dad and her mom, hey, here's a, here's your daughter. You know, I gotta. Report it, but I'm, y'all take care of it. I'm gonna let them know that y'all gonna take care of it. Um, I think that that was a, a, a pivotal point right there that shows you that some of these clone troopers are starting to have their chips might not all be working correctly because he's having a bad time with this. He's like, I don't, I don't want to do this stuff. Like you could just tell it in his facial expression. You could tell, which is really good in the animation part because he had facial expressions. And then you know, but he was showing. You know, he was really showing that he was having a problem with this. Garrison. Yeah. What, think, what are your thoughts there, Garrison? You're good, Trey. Go for it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I think it would, um, honestly, uh, going off of what you said, Kyle, I think that we're in this show, we're going to see why there's like no if many um, clone troopers in the Stormtrooper in the Imperial Army. I, I think that we might even see like an uprising or something like that where that's why they switch over to people that they indoctrinate into the Imperial Army. Right. I was about to say the same thing. Dude, you're spot on. I think we've talked about this in previous episodes and I think previous episodes of the podcast and I think that's that's where it's headed. I think this is, it's starting to become that turning point where we're starting to see like clone troopers aren't all on board and we're going to see the transition to stormtroopers. And yeah, yeah, I think you're spot on. I agree. I think that there's a definitely a fact that's going to happen. I think this is one of those places that we're going to see that. My question know would be is this something that Tarkin knew and that's the reason he's there to prove that these chips are going to go out they know that these chips are going to stop working you know this is not something that was a long-term thing it was just enough for Palpatine to get execute or execute order 66 get the transition started and that's the reason Tarkin is on Camino to you know basically let them kind of know like 
I don't care what you guys are talking about. I'm going to be here when these chips fail and then I'm going to throw it in your face. That's why we got stormproofs. Charlie, what do you think? Um, I, I, I agree with Kyle. I really do. What I was going to say is that it's particularly at this point in the series, it's really nice to have what we'd consider more of a filler episode still provide so much discussion and so much insight about what's coming next. I think that's a, a real testament to the show writers and the producers. It's, it's really, really exciting to see where it's going to go next. That's a, I think that that's just a fact of Dave just being so good at what Dave does. Mm. Now, Dave is excellent that. at bringing the story to the next pivotal point. I mean, you look at, look how easy they transition from season seven of the Clone Wars into the Bad Batch. I mean, it was like flawless. It was yeah, years that went by before it transitioned. I mean, it did it so perfectly. Even it just, it just was perfect. And I think that that just shows how good Dave is at storytelling. He's probably one of the best creators that there is when it comes to taking it. And I think that's exactly what he is doing with the Bad Batch. It's just going to transition us into whatever the next project or leaders light up to the next part of Star Wars, you know, uh, coming out. What did you have for us there, Garrison? Yeah, I totally agree. I think he did a great job of writing. And I think even though it's, it might be like a filler or a break episode from the Bad Batch, like the actual group, it still has like super important information a super important story that shows how the Empire is coming about and what's going on to kind of see why the Rebels became Rebels and why the Bad Batch doesn't want to be a part of it and why we don't have clone troopers anymore. So even though it might be like a filler episode or a break episode from that group we call the Bad Batch, I still think it's so important and it has so much to do with just the Star Wars universe. Like, it's awesome. You know, and I think they did a great job being able to tie in all these moving pieces and all these different series um, and all these characters and the story into one awesome episode and one awesome series. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because for the last month or so, there's been news leaks and everything coming out that Filoni and Favreau are teaming up with a lot of these writers of like the High Republic and some of the other new comics and things that are coming out to actually have a true expanded Star Wars universe where some of the legends are starting to trickle in from what Filoni and Favreau are doing with each of the series to some of the upcoming live actions and stuff like that. Garrison, your thoughts? Yeah, and it's just so refreshing and so awesome to see how well they're tying in together because I know Charlie's not going to like this opinion, but 7, 8, 9, the, like the sequels i didn't think they tied in all that well there were some polls that it kind of brought up and it, it was just a little rocky in some areas with different directors and everything you know what i mean but now just in the in the series seeing how well everything is tied together like how everything it seemed like it was all written at one time just with how well it's tied in together it's so refreshing and it's so exciting and it's so satisfying for a star wars fan who likes the consistency charlie did you want to say something because i did have a thought there <laughs> no i i'm not i'm not going to argue with garrison and I'm really not. I do absolutely agree that the sequels have flaws, but I think um, Filoni and Favreau have found their groove. It's so good at the moment. It, oh, fantastic. Please, Mark, go ahead. <laughs> that, well, my only thought here was that what Filoni and Favreau are doing is they're fleshing out all of these huge side stories and these backstories that are fleshing out why we had this huge galactic uprising, this galactic civil war. Not everything has to be about Skywalker. I went 
back recently and watched 789 and there was one new term that it popped up twice and you only heard it in nine and I started doing some research and it's the thought of the dyad. So while everybody on the Skywalker side is doing their thing, oh, you must do it and you must take me down. You must become all of the Sith or no, I am all the Jedi or whatever. It's just that the whole Skywalker saga is one thing and Favreau and Filoni are fleshing out everything else while J.J. Abrams and he who shall not be named were screwing up the other canon. Garrison, your thoughts, dude? Right, I'm sorry, I'm getting pumped about this, but uh, I also think it shows, that while Skywalker's not in it, it shows the need for Skywalker. It shows that it's not just some whiny kid who's fed up about having his aunt and uncle die, although that's sad. It shows the need, why people need that hero. No, 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 we need Baby Yoda, and Trey was looking like Baby Yoda earlier. <laughs> Trey, save <laughs> us, dude, save us. <laughs> what do you thought, right? Well, that, that's one thing that, uh, like, I, I completely agree with you on that. And that's, like, it's so neat to see that they are building up towards the the um, original trilogy. And it really gives m- more weight and more um, understanding of why they're doing it and why they need to take the Imperials down. It's such a, just this awesome storyline of being able to see the uh, the progression of the the Empire and why um, why Luke is so important to it. And that leads me perfectly back into the segue. I told you it was going to circle back around. <laughs> after after we get done telling all these backstories and filling in all these gaps and stuff of that nature, what do you think is going to be kind of the next big thing in the universe outside of the Acolyte series or the Kenobi series or any of the next things that are dropping? Do you see something coming else in from Legends? Do you see the whole Ezra Bridger, Bridger Thrawn storyline coming back in. What would you like to see as a super fan like us? And Kyle, I, I see you, dude. Oh boy, you you've opened up a can of worms here. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> I um, one thing that I loved about the uh, legends. And one thing I really honestly believe that they're building up to is the Yuzang Vong, which is something so different and it makes it into still this Star Wars, but something that we haven't really seen before. Um, Because with Ahsoka trying to find, uh, um, oh my gosh, what the heck? Yeah, trying to find Ezra and all of that kind of stuff. It really shows that something's happening. And they, I I truly believe that it's going to be this large force coming in from the outer, uh, from the unknown regions. So where where everybody has to kind of band together. What do you think about Mm -hmm. that, Kyle? I just read an article not too long ago about that Dave and John were saying that they want to bring more of the legend stuff into into canon. And a lot of stuff has already been transitioned into canon. And I also think that it's a a way for them to pick a storyline. Now, a lot of us want you know, the the Revens and the Darth Banes and stuff like that for them to bring that in. But I think that uh, Trey might be on to something with the Yuzhan Vaughn. That would show, that would start a whole new Star Wars that a lot of people do not know about. I mean, a lot of people don't even know about Thrawn and Thrawn is from the Unknown Regions. And that could be, you know, I know there's a there's a point in, in the Thrawn books that comes where 
Thrawn says, I will offer my services as long as the Empire does never uh, attack the um, whatever Thrawn's people is. I can't think the of it. It's just ascendancy, yes, sir. Yeah, just ascendancy. That's like one of his promises. Like, you know what I'm saying? I will be your best general or admiral or wherever you want to put me at that you ever have as long as you leave my people alone. So at some point, I think that they're going to have to bring in, and I know in some of the books that they have, but at some point they're going to have to bring in somebody from the outside, the unknown regions. And they're already kind of doing it in the High Republic books. But I think that there's going to be something that's futuristic, this after the Skywalkers is going to come in or even, you know, bring in to lead up to, you know, the uh, the sequel trilogy. And that would, I think that they could do that with the Yuzhan Vong. I think that the Treyor are on top of that one. I'm, I'm right there with you too, because we have to do something to move forward past the Dyad or the Skywalker saga and things of that nature. So Trey, I'm going to ask you this. Do you feel like maybe the, since we have the introduction of Thrawn, kind of, we introduce, uh, we also introduce the Chiss Ascendancy from the Unknown Regions as a logical step to the Yuzhan Vong? I, I 100% think so. I think that we have had so many stories in this small part of the, of the, the universe. And this great thing about doing a story in a, a galaxy or in, and a universe is that you have no small amount of material. And with Thrawn, if I remember correctly, there uh, one of the reasons he joined the the Empire was because he saw this threat of the Yuzang Vong. And I think having his name drop in uh, the Mandalorian series, I think is just another testament to that happening. And I think they definitely are going to be expanding out into this this new place that we've never seen before. Well, just to, just to get an understanding, the reason that um, Thrawn joined the Empire, basically Thrawn was found on an or on a planet. Like when he got into it with the Chiss Ascendancy because he didn't want to follow their rules, they just put him on an island uh, on this planet. And it was, he was like the only person on this entire planet. And then the Empire actually found him and then they brought him back and he ended up being with the Emperor. That's how Thrawn got into the uh, thing. But Thrawn was also in charge of the outer region area. And if things can be like really broke down in the thong in the throng books you can you can kind of see that he might have been the one to found exegol because at some point he was on them outer outer regions you know the far regions of space sure but it's definitely a possibility that you know the yuzhan vong attacked the chis ascendancy first and before they came into this galaxy because you got to understand where they're talking about is just one galaxy mm. in a universe full of multiple galaxies oh yeah so the unknown region is like they, that's just outside the galaxy of what is known to them. Okay, so the so the day that a superstar destroyer meets the Starship Enterprise, I'm done. <laughs> it possibly <laughs> could happen. You never Watch know. Watch them go in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> and, you know, they, I mean, there there's so many different ways that they could take the 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 Star Wars. They got so much information from the books and the legend side. That I mean, they can go. It's like a billion different directions and, and, and never run out of content. They could take it multiple different, they could have multiple different strains of Star Wars. I mean, there's so much that they can do. So here's a interesting debate topic. Who's the bigger threat? The Yuzhan Vong, the Sea Rook, or Abeloth? If we want to go, just go ahead and get completely out there in the EU and the Legends verse. Which one's the bigger threat? The Yuzhan Vong. I think Trey might be disagreeing with you there. 
dude, Avalos would be so freaking cool if they yes. brought her into the actual Star Wars universe. Yes. Dude, I am such a huge Avalos fan. Like, oh my gosh. I, I love, I like, ah, it's, uh, that would uh, just be so awesome. Uh, during the Clone Wars, whenever, whenever Anakin and Ahsoka and Obi-Wan went to the planet, don't remember the planet's name, but they met the father, the sister, and the brother, or the son and the daughter. I yeah. really thought that they were going to introduce Abeloth into canon at that point. It never did. Sad panda. <laughs> Truth. But now, nah, in all reality, I think the Yuzhan Vong, because the Yuzhan Vong, you can't use the force against it. You have to figure it out without using using the force. And the force is the entire ability of Jedi, Sith, you know, the, the, our, the whole galaxy of the Star Wars universe is based on the uh, on the force. So with it being based on the force and you can't use the force against them, the force just doesn't work against them. How are you going to? How, it's very hard. And it showed, you know, I know this is kind of uh, against canon and where Legends and canon differs. But um, Han and Leia's three kids are dealing with the Yuuzhang Wang and Luke is trying to chain, train his son Ben in the fact of, you know, dealing with these people. They had to come up with different strategies that wasn't based on using the force. Quick quiz. Who were, what were the three names of Han and Leia's kids in Legends? Trey. Jason. Gina and Anakin. There you go. And Ben was Luke's son. Now, yep. for anybody else that's not named Trey or Kyle, who in Legends did Luke marry? Mara Jade. Charlie, there you go. Okay. I, I'll just, oh I just want to throw out something fun. Very nice. Very nice. I do, I do got to say, I, I'm a film actor, um, and I have always wanted to play Ben Skywalker in like in a Star Wars movie, like that would just be well, dude. You got the awesome. blonde hair for it. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, you, you could be a young Luke. No, no, no cap. I, I would love that so much, man. <laughs> <laughs> Garrison, you've been kind of quiet, dude. What are your thoughts here? We've kind of went out way out in the universe, dude. Well, yeah, stuff that I'm not super familiar with. Same. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me and Charlie are in the same boat. Um, but dude, I'd love to see more of it and learn more about it. I mean. It sounds super intriguing. I love the idea of having um, things that you can't use the force against. As much as it would like also disappoint me because I think Jedi are like the best and like the whole force <laughs> is awesome. It would be see it would be cool to see the adjustment that that was taken, the adaptation of not being able to use the force that the Jedi rely on so much, um, and seeing them have to deal with that without the force, without that their greatest tool. So, so I think we, that would be definitely cool to see. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say since we've left Garrison and Charlie behind. Mine. The uh, and it was unintentional. I, I, I just completely nerded out. Can we all at least be in agreement that more Star Wars is a good thing? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. In the right hands. Amen. Yes. Yes. So, was there any great curious, qualifier? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Just curious. In was the there any hands? We're going to have the first Ewok Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I would still watch it, dude. That'd be sick. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I was a huge fan of Icarus. I'm actually my girlfriend and I. Uh, we want to get a chinchilla, a white chinchilla, and name it Icarus. Garth Wicked. Yum yum. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to. Uh, then you're gonna have to um, take, and you're gonna have to make it train it to bow down to see through the see through PO dolls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, well, now, actually, actually, uh, Babu Frick can help us out because he did let three PO become a Sith 
protocol droid for about hey. 10 minutes. So th- th- that is a possibility. God help us, where are we going? Was there anything else from the Bad Batch that we need to mention here before we go completely off the rails? <laughs> I think we're good. That, there, was, think- there was one thing that I wanted to just kind of point out as a, another tie-in. Back in season four of Rebels, whenever, they were, whenever the Rebels were trying to rescue Sabine's dad, they had to attack a convoy. And at the end of this episode, they had to attack a convoy to try to rescue Hera. Just, it, it, it was a little bit too close of a tie-in. But that's just a very minor, minor criticism because I loved it. 9.8 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Cool deal. Cool deal. So, Bad Batch were good. How about some news? Or do we want to do Charlie's Impossible Quiz and let Trey try to go 10 out of 10? No, let's, let, let's do the news first. Let's say that for the end. I think I think Charlie at the end is the, the uh, best way to close the show. And so, yeah. yeah, she going to kick our ass again. Yeah. <laughs> I am so prepped. Trey, Trey, did you hear her kick our ass last time? No, I didn't. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, actually, actually, just one thing. What was the original name of A New Hope before it got changed to A New Hope? Let's see if you're going to get your ass kicked today. Star Wars. No. No. Charlie. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it was was The Adventures of Luke Starkiller. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh, wait, wait. I I got another one for you, though. Originally, it was Star Wars... The um, stories of the, I, I got this, uh, oh, it was. <laughs> you don't got this. <laughs> you're using up all your brain energy, stop. I am, I am. <laughs> there, there was a name about it because originally what the plan was, was for R2, the, the reason why it was started out with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away and had that scroll was because R2 was telling the story to kids years in the future. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's something I didn't know. Very, very cool. Yep. Okay, so news and rumors before we get into Charlie kicking our tails. Who wants to start out? I, can, oh. I guess I can go first. Okay. Uh, um, let's see. We just had all the new Vision stuff come out. They just uh, introduced a whole yes. bunch of stuff. They released the name. Yes. And so right off the bat, they let everybody know that it's not going to be canon or legends. This is its own entity. It's just Japanese anime of Star Wars and basically giving their thoughts of how they think Star Wars should be. So we got uh, the, the names of the nine episodes. I think there's not yet. There's nine episodes and there's going and the different studios that they're coming from. The first one is The Duel and it's coming from Kamikaze Duga. Then we have uh, Lop and Ocho, I think that's how it's said. And that's coming from Geno Studios Twin Engine. Um, and then you got uh, Tata- Tatooine Rap City, which I hope is not like Rap City off of... Uh, uh, yes, it, it, it is going to be like a Bohemian Rhapsody set in yeah. a Japan uh, animation Star Wars. Yes. But, and it, hey, easy come, easy go. It's from Studio Colorado, <laughs> which is also a subsidiary of Twin Engines. Then we have the Twins. It's coming from uh, Trigger or Trigger, however you pronounce it then the elder that's also coming from the same studio then we have the village bride which i like don't really get that what the village bride what does that have to do with star wars bride i hope it's not like people getting married stuff but um it's coming from uh i guess it's a uh, kinema citrus 
and because it's cinema spelled with a K. And then we have our Akakari, and it's coming from Science Suru. And then we have two to B1, two O T O B I or B1 or something. And it's also coming from Science Zero. And then Production IG is putting out the Ninth Jedi. And then we also have a book that's on the series about uh it's basically off based off the same um the visions thing, and it's gonna be about some samurai, uh Sith samurai that just kind of I guess it's Kung Fu the Sith Samurai or something like that, because it's just about this soul Sith Jedi just or Sith uh samurai that just going around killing people, I guess. I didn't get a really real the whole thing, I just put it in my notes. So Oh, I, I, I gotta say, man, I make a lot of jokes, but you did a lot better than I would do with some of those names because even though I took Japanese at university, you still did a lot better than I would have done. Nicely done. Well, I, the reason have, I, I know but, about some of them is because my son, my youngest son, he's really into Japanese anime. Like, I've and I've seen a, like a, probably more Japanese anime than I ever really wanted to watch because I have to watch it with him because he'll be like, "Hey, Dad, watch this with me. It's super cool." So I like I know about Bleach and and Pokemon and all that stuff. You know, uh, uh, some of the other ones I can't remember the other ones' names, but I've watched a crap ton of them, and so I've seen these names before. Good deal. Good deal. I have a couple items just real quick oh first of all visions it drops september 22nd on disney plus and they're going to release them all simultaneously we're not going to have a a, a weekly drop so i I was going to get to that (laughs) my bad my bad go for it it's all right i I, I just got two quick items here real quick uh first of all book of boba fett is confirmed that they're filming two seasons so we'll have at least two seasons of the fett and yeah, I believe we are yes. all here for that. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Secondly, speaking in the uh, the realm of the Mandalorians, season three of the Mandalorian is set to begin filming this year on September 20th. And the filming is going to be lasting through July 22nd. I am sad, Panda, because it, it appears that it's either going to be a very late 2022, as in December release, but more likely, like a 90% likelihood, that it's going to be a 2023 release. However, season three is going to be in the works, kicking off filming, uh, let's see here, in about two two months and eight days, two months and 10 days. Dude, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> Trey, what, what have you got for us? Anything news that we're missing out on here that we haven't heard yet? You guys did your research way more than I did. <laughs> Garrison, what you got, dude? Well, back on your Mandalorian, I'm excited because um, apparently Brendan Wayne, one of the stuff performers, said that the Mandalorian supposed to be grittier. Or, or sorry, not the Mandalorian. The Book of Boba Fett is supposed to be grittier than Mandalorian. Yes. yes. Well, all killer, all killer, no filler. So, so <laughs> I'm excited about that. That is a great. That is a great phrasing. Does anybody know who Brandon Wayne is? Nope. I, just know he's I do. Stunt performers. He, he is a stunt performer, but he is the grandson of one John Wayne. Really? No. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Let's go. So also, I, I just worry oh. about. I just worry about it with that. If it's going to be all you know action, where's the story going to be at? Like you got to have a story in there. That's but, what the filler episodes do. Is like put the story together. What, what's all those gadgets you need all we have to do is just see a gadget killing somebody each episode because he has like 80 of them that's your story <laughs> all killer no filler slave one 
It's gonna be basically <laughs> gonna be two sword, two two seasons of the Fast and the Furious Mandalorian style. See, that's something style. that's something I'm curious about with uh, the whole Slave One thing is because they filmed Boba Fett before all of that controversy. So I don't know if maybe they might hint at something in Boba Fett or just outright say it. Who knows? My name is Boba Fett. I'm here to put you in indentured servitude because I got paid a shit ton of money. You are not a slave. <laughs> Repeat, you are not a slave. <laughs> I think hey, I just want to see some more seismic charge. Uh, sorry, I just want to see some more seismic charges. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that even though that the filming of it's not too hard to just go in there and just have certain voice over the name or get your ship instead of saying go to slave one and, and stuff like that. So it, it wouldn't be too difficult for them to take it out, especially with a helmet. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, it, it's way too easy. But hopefully, you know, it, this dies off and it just goes back to normal. You know, hopefully this is just one of those quick things that just. Yeah came up and it's because Lego wanted to start something and Disney didn't have the balls to say we're not going to do it. Boycott Lego! Boycott Lego! Wait, <laughs> too, I've got too much Lego. Damn! <laughs> what do you think, Garrison? Well, I'm kind of hoping that like his ship will be recognizable to people. So like, I don't know, I'm a big history buff. So back in like pirate times, when Blackbeard was coming and sailors could see the ship, they're like, oh crap, it's the Queen Anne's revenge. We're all going to die. So I was kind of hoping to kind of see like, oh crap, it's Slave One and that means Boba Fett, we're all going to die. You oh, know what I mean? Crap, it's just kind of having that reputation and that one. fear. Oh, that no. No. oh no, it's indentured servant one. Everybody <laughs> run for the bar. It's kind of having that... <laughs> But you know what I mean? Just kind of having that rep reputation and that look precede him. So that when people see his ship on the horizon, they're coming out of space, they're like, oh crap, we know what that means. You're Everyone right, run for it. A more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Where did that come from? 10 out of 10. <laughs> I, I actually do. I, I do Star Wars impressions. So real, real quick. <laughs> We're on this comedic role right here. What do you guys think about Mark Hamill and all these uh, jokes and memes that he's putting up about his hand getting chopped off? I'm here for Mark oh, Hamill trolling oh, until <laughs> Luke Skywalker dies. Oh, wait. So Damn. awesome. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. Like, I seen something the other day. It's like he's holding the hand in the picture like, this is my hand. And I was like, <laughs> it's, it's a meme of that. I was like, what the hell? What, what is Mark doing? It's like that same thing uh, when uh, uh, after The Force Awakens came out and everybody was doing the whole like did a hand come with that <laughs> kind of a thing <laughs> like <laughs> it's so great oh that's amazing that's amazing okay so we have went completely gone bye-bye charlie save us with an impossible quiz let's play stump the tray stump the garrison Ooh. stump the kyle right Ooh. Are you not ready? Go some mark though. The rules are the way, stick it. Oh, wait. What, what, what are we sticking? Where are we sticking? What? <laughs> what? Huh? Exactly. <laughs> I have some light up sticks. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> As the quiz master, the first person's hand that I see up is the person who gets to answer the question. Those are the rules. Don't fight me on it. Don't okay. argue with me. Are we talking like electronically raised or raising the camera? Whatever. Whatever. Okay, let's do raising the camera. That way it's, uh, everybody can All do right. the same thing. Because you know Mark can only put up the little... The balloon hat. Oh, All right, Garrison, you, you might lose. You're kind of you're kind of late here right now. Okay, your first question here's a bit of a tough one. A bit of a tough one. Name the four Jedi Masters that Darth Sidious kills. Oh, Kyle. Uh, Mace Windu. 
it was Mace Windu. Um, uh, nope. Mark. <laughs> no, 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 no I'm, I'm out. I'm out. You're out. Garrison? Uh, no. I just thought that was another one. Or, I, I, can't, I can't remember the one yeah, on the far left, so. Trey, help us out. Save us, dude. Um, oh, my gosh. I am blanking on the other two. I know it's Mace Windu and Kid Fisto. The other two went down too fast, man. Okay, so Charlie's Impossible Quiz won. Um, the, the, the Star Wars. Question one, we lose. Question one, you will you'll win, you'll win nothing and like it. What is the name of General Grievous's flagship, which was not mentioned in Wait the minute, movie? Wait a minute, give us the answers to the first one. Oh, you want the answers. Okay, yeah, we want okay, the answers. Okay. Uh, the four Damn, I can't answers. Google that quick. Stacey, uh, Tin, Mace Windu, Kit Fisto, and Aegon Kolar. That's the one I couldn't remember. Yep. If, oh, I did yeah. not, if I did not pronounce those correctly, please don't come for me. <laughs> right. Probably one. The rest of us, nothing. What is the name of General Grievous's flagship, which was not mentioned in the movies? Garrison? Visible hand. Yes. No. Nice! G money! Ah. What was the one that was in uh what was the name of the big ship with the big cannon that was killing everybody? You oh, think yeah. I know? The star uh, <laughs> it, the Death Star? I know. The big cannon on not the Death Star. Kyle won the game. So the one with the big cannon on the side of it that in the episode, remember that they uh that they shot down at what's the space they was they was going with them the, the like the things that was sucking the people out into space after they blew up one yeah. of the ships. What was the yeah. name of that shit? Does anybody know? Yeah. Oh yeah, but yeah. I, yeah. Oh, man, you oh, over looking it up on your phone. You can't be. Do you? Uh, oh, I looked up malevolence. That, I looked that, up malevolence because yeah. I didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> you all are doing that, a lot that, of time that, wasting. That, that, that was uh, Snoke's flagship, wasn't it? By the way, oh, what was... we were talking about uh, before on like the original names for A New Hope, I think it was Star Wars and the Stories of the Wills or something no, like that. That does ring a bell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Right. What is the nickname of the Wookiee bounty hunter Snoover? Where the hell did you come up with these questions? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, everyone. Oh, the big, the, the, a wiki bounty hunter. Four, three, two, one. No. Oh, Madclaw. What was it? What? Madclaw. 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 That's yeah. right. I see. I know oh. the name of Chewbacca's nephew, but I can't. I could not remember that one. Oh mercy. Okay, Charlie three. The the Star Wars nerds. Nothing. No, Garrison what? got one. Oh, that's right. Garrison won. My bad. My bad. My bad. I can't count. I'm a math tutor. I can't count. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, this one's a bit easy, but I feel bad for you. So it's a bit of a race. What is the name of the Death Star's original? Commander. What? The name of the the oh, name of the oh. Death Star's original commander. Tarkin? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. I thought it was like a trick question. I was like, wait. No, it wasn't <laughs> a trick question. That's why I mm, keep me on your toes. Uh, I might have to correct you on this one. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with Trey here. There was somebody else that the oversaw Death the building of the Death Star before Tarkin got there. Was, um, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, I can, I can see his face. Rogue One. Rogue One. Oh, yeah. Krennic? Krennic? Yes. Yes, Krennic. Garrison, quit looking up stuff on your phone. You not, I, I, didn't look that, like a, I did not look that up. My phone is... <laughs> I did not look that up. <laughs> I was just remembering, like, careful. Yeah, well, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll give it to... We'll, we will give it to uh, to Kyle because we, right. we need help. <laughs> I have... There what? you go. What is the creature that lives in the garbage compactor of the original Death Star called? What is its name? Uh, garbage monster? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> <Oscar> the <Grouch. laughs> no. 
didn't they run in, <laughs> didn't they run into one of like a really big one of those in uh, one of yeah. the yeah, yeah one of the bad yeah. batch episodes yeah yeah and they just released them at galaxy's edge the ones that you can buy i don't know what it's called five four three two one um dianoga dianoga gosh that was right on the tip of no one's brain. Yeah. <laughs> it was Ooh. It was back here like, somewhere. Where do you find these questions at? I'm going to find the hardest Star Wars question yeah. ever. She, uh, okay, she, she went to, she went to the, the Star Wars, hardest Star Wars questions ever, dregs.com. <laughs> well, actually, actually dot .co.uk. Don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> this, this is a tough one, and I'm going to be impressed if anyone gets it. We all know that Darth Vader's chest plate has ancient Hebrew written on it. Can anybody tell me what it translates to? I can breathe. I definitely knew that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I knew that it Hebrew breathe. Um, I'm actually really curious. Uh, well, I didn't know it had Hebrew on it. He does, and he has a patch engraved with Hebrew. Wow, that's I know. dope. It means his deeds will not be forgiven until he merits. Oh, that's freaking sick. And, mm-hmm. and the crazy that, thing that, about that's it, freaking I just biblical. read something about this like three days ago. Like, <laughs> so Dude, that's so dope. That, that, that is literally that, is pretty sick. Biblical, Mark. Yeah, that's, that literally wow. is biblical. <laughs> wow. I'm, I, I mean, that, that, that sounds like some King Solomon's wisdom or ancient Torah. Wow. Okay. One more question and then we're done. And Trey, if you don't get this, I'm going to be so disappointed. Okay. What is the substance that powers the lightsabers? No. The force. Oh, wait. No, there's, oh my gosh, there's so many parts to a lightsaber. Um, well, there's a recharge port. There, there's, a, there's, there's, there's also a I'm plasma go, well, chamber. I'm, I'm going to assume that this is under a different name. It says Ilum Crystals. Well, Kyber Crystals. Is that the name of Yeah, the, the, the Kyber Crystals are from the planet of uh, Ilum, so. My bad. Yeah. No, 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 you're Trey, you can have that point. Yay! But you know something that we got wrong, that all of us got wrong is, what? you know, we all sit back and we choose, we, we all sit back there like, what, what color lightsaber would I have? It doesn't matter because your lightsaber crystal doesn't provide the color of your lightsabers. How who you are provides through the it does provides okay. the color of your lightsaber. Okay, so I'm a basic yin and yang then with a uh, white and a dark saber. Okay, actually, oh, now, now, now so, some interesting trivia combining two completely different sci-fi universes. The Kyber crystals from Ilum are supposed to choose the Jedi whenever they go on their Kyber crystal quest. Yeah, it's, it's much the same. Yeah. Like the wizard, the 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 ones in Harry Potter choose the wizard. Very much the same. Heck yeah, that would be so cool if they did that same process that Wizarding World does at Galaxy's Edge, like where like the the crystal chooses you. You know, very very that cool. Would be cool. That'd be dope. That's the cool. thing. The um, what was I gonna say now? The uh, cause there's been Jedi that has killed uh, Sith or Sith that's killed Jedi, and when they pick up the lightsaber and turn it on for the first time, the crystal actually projects a different color than that lightsaber did. Great, I wanted to ask, have you seen those videos of that like uh, retractable lightsaber that they're having at Galaxy's Edge for the performers? Like, have you seen have you, have, yes. have you seen like the blueprints and stuff? It's insane. It's, it's crazy. So I, it's super chunky. Oh yeah, well, and that's the thing is like, you look at some of the older, some of the older like effects lightsabers and some of the older toy lightsabers and everything, those things are super chunky. And now like as the, 
um, technology and everything gets more progressed, I mean, you get ones like this that are like an accurate size to, I'm yeah. holding up a Darth Vader lightsaber, um, are just for the listeners, are an accurate size to what those lightsabers actually are. And I think... Is, that, is know, that the one that he carries in Empire? I believe so, yeah. Nice. But there... Well, for everybody that's just listening, because we don't have no video yet, we're getting there. Uh, yeah. Everybody's faces got big smiles on them because we're all looking at Darth <laughs> yeah. Vader lights. Like, like, <laughs> I get it. We're all turning well, bright red. <laughs> Yeah. This one is the one that brings a smile to my face all the time. It's Luke from Return of the Jedi. Very nice. Yes. Very nice. I love it so, so much. Nice. But um, yeah, that's. I I think honestly, as that progresses, I think it's it's a step. But I don't think it's going to be uh, consumer ready for a long time. Charlie, you, what were you going to say there? Um, I'm currently having a um, a Graflex built from a KR replica flash gun. Sick. Um, a big shout out to my mate Blue Rabbit Builds, Paul. He's building it for me. I spent months and months and months and months researching what I wanted. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pay the money and I'm going to have it built. It is beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I use, do, I, she's crying from how pretty it will be. Why do they make us yeah. so happy? Why does a glow stick make us so happy? <laughs> because because of that amount power, unlimited power. Because we're all secret ravers. <laughs> <laughs> because it reminds us all of the imagination, that, that special place we go to when we turn on a Star Wars movie. We can yes. that moment, and it takes us out of the bullshit that's happening in the world. Yes. Yes. Yeah, 100%. And the, one of the cool things um, with the LGT lightsabers is you can, they have music on them that you can they play. Do while you're using the lightsaber and it it just gives a whole different ambience to what you're what you're doing the uh you do any tricks? only thing is just don't be as unlucky as me when you buy from overseas i'm just telling you that yeah. That stuff yeah that's a hard thing still in uh what is it called uh the people processing that no, um, exports, imports, customs. Yeah, export. What are they called? Customs. Yeah. It's still in customs from ten years ago. Still in customs. Wow. I, yeah, I actually I, have a question for the lightsaber expert here on Lightsaber Radio, and this is a, and this is, a, and this is a, <laughs> and this is a canonical slash theoretical question for you from Episode Nine. Whenever we see Ray and the Twin Sons, and her lightsaber is in the end of her staff making kind of a lot uh, more of a lightsaber slash pike-ish, and we see it being yellow. Do you think that after Palpatine was killed and she was all the Jedi, he was all the Sith, do you think that it is now just the cosmic living force with no light side, no dark side, no Jedi, no Sith, and the cosmic force has been restored, meaning that she was the chosen one? I think that might be what they intended, but if Star Wars has taught us anything, it's that balance always always comes around. And with that, I mean, you look at the Darth Bane book series. I I, um, I love that series so much. Darth Bane started out from nothing. Like he he started out as a Sith. From, you started to see his progression before he ever met a Sith Lord. And I think that honestly is going to come if they were to ever continue that, which I don't honestly think that they will. Um, it's going to come around again. There is always going to be a force user somewhere who gets angry and 
ends up delving into that dark side. I I don't think that the Sith are the um, the source of the dark side. There there will always be a dark and a light. It just depends on how many people at that time are uh, using either one. So speaking to that, is it possible that the Sith with the rule of two and the Jedi's thoughts with the chosen one all the prophecies were a bunch of bull. They got it all wrong anyway. Well, and it's just, I, and, and there's light and dark in everyone. Now, if you go back to like the, the beginning, mm-hmm. the Jedi or the GD, how they used to call them in the beginning, if you go back and listen to Into the Void, which is the oldest book that is based on Star Wars, where it goes back the farthest based on Star Wars. It's not the oldest book, but it's the oldest base book. Um, they were all, they lived off the balance. So you never go Ashland and Bogan, you know what I'm saying? So you was in the middle, you didn't go. So if they had lightsabers, which they didn't, they was all still using metal swords. Um, they would all had yellow lightsabers because they they were just in the middle. And I think that's what it reflected in. They tried to reflect in the Rise of Skywalker when her blade is yellow. It's because she had found the true balance. So there wasn't no dark because she's from the dark. And, but she was brought up in the light. So she had the perfect balance of the force. And I think that's that's what they were trying to depict in that in, in them in that scene. Very, very yeah. cool. Very cool. Charlie, any thoughts about that since Ray is your cosplay sake? Oh, oh, I love her. Um, I'm just, I, I know this is slightly controversial, but I was really happy with The Rise of Skywalker. I really enjoyed it. I really liked the way they wrapped it up. I was happy for it to kind of finish there and be the sort of note of peace and harmony. And finally, balance had been restored to the galaxy. And I'm I'd be happy if they never went any further than that, that this was the end of the Star Wars story for us. I also want to point out that um, we know that Rey's staff is modular and so is her lightsaber. Her lightsaber is made because in The Force Awakens, her staff is long. In The Rise of Skywalker, it's shorter. And those leftover pieces are how she makes her lightsaber. I love the theory that she can slot her lightsaber to the end of her staff and then just have a massive just weapon. Brilliant. So so I've got a question for you and I, I'll, I'll see you, Trey, just one second. The, the question I've got for you is every time that we have seen the twin sons in the Skywalker saga, everybody's going off on some grand adventure, X, Y, and Z happening. What type of adventure could Ray be going on since the Skywalker saga is dead? Or is it since she took the name Skywalker? So she's been trapped on Jakku since she was a child. I would argue that the only thing Ray wants to do is to travel, to see the stars. It doesn't matter where she goes, who she encounters. She just wants to explore. Yeah. Trey, what do you think? Uh, (laughs) um, I actually had a question for you, Charlie. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, you're you're a fan of the sequel trilogy, right? I am, yes. Okay, yeah, I I really enjoyed <laughs> the Force Awakens. Uh, like I I like I genuinely really enjoyed it's the Force Awakens. It's my Awakened. favorite. There, it's it's honestly really good. There's some plot holes, but honestly, I just didn't like. It was a fun movie. It um, really was. So I had a question for you. So when um, there's been a lot of rumors going around and stuff like that, that um, time travel is going to play a part or uh, like different timelines are going to play a part in the Ahsoka show. If they went with the storyline that Ahsoka being alive because of the um, the uh, world between worlds um, was the thing that changed it. So the first order and uh, the emperor couldn't come back. So then both of them are can't, both of those timelines are canon in their own right. 
um, but it would just be taking a different turn now. Would that be satisfying to you that that would still be canon, but it would just be a separate timeline? Good question. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I know there've been a lot of rumors going around that the uh, that, uh, the sequels are being remade as a new set of trilogies. And I think it's really important to remember that that's not particularly substantiated. I don't see why they would go back, touch it, mess with it, change it. Mm-hmm. Even though there was backlash, even though there were issues, but I think if there's a chance to explore alternative timelines in other series, why not? She's free property. Go ahead. Yeah. Go. I there wouldn't be things. bothered. It means it means more costumes for me, more things to cosplay. More yes. It's all about Charlie. It's all about me. A lot of people have to look at is the fact of George never made movies to appease the mm-hmm. watcher. He made them because he wanted to make them. Disney is on that same type of thing. They just make stuff that they make. If they don't care whether or not we like it or what the backlash, and it's always been, yeah, give them something to argue about. I think George was on that. As long as people are arguing and going back and forth, Star Wars will remain an entity in the entertainment world. And so even if they did make another trilogy and made it some different, it just give us all some more stuff to argue and talk about. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. Garrison, I had a question for you, dude. Go for it. Let's hear it. Why the hell is BB-8 with Ray and not with Poe at the end of Nine? Dude, that's what I'm saying. I think you should be with <laughs> Poe. Like, come on. Like, oh. I mean, I get why. That's a very good question. Yeah, like, a little sidekick with the Jedi. But, like, come on. I thought, I thought that was, like, so sad. I thought it was a sad ending. Was, there was no peace for me. It was just heartbreaking. Well, you got to think about it. Anakin had... Harrison's in his feelings. R2-D2. <laughs> and then Luke had R2-D2. So, Ray had to have somebody. She got BB-8. The besties. Trey, uh, what were your thoughts there? Any last thoughts? Um, no, it, honestly, I, I, I agree. Like it, it, it is kind of sad that uh, BB-8 doesn't end up with Poe. But I think also, like, I think throughout the trilogy, it's it's grown more to become a family. You know, it's not it's not so much that uh, the droid is owned by anybody or anything like that. It's that this. Poe and Finn and Ray and BB-8, they're all a family and they share in that together. And I think, um, you know- about Chewbacca. Oh, yeah, oh, 100%. And so they, I think like in that moment, BB-8 was with her, but I think they'll always come back together. So- That's, that's a really good answer. Yeah, it, it, it really is. It really is. You got me and my pessimistic complaining. Well, like Kyle said, there has to be a debate about everything. Otherwise, it wouldn't be Star Wars. 100%. That's true. So, <laughs> Kyle, do you have anything, brother? Any last thoughts? Okay, Kyle's good. Garrison, any last thoughts? I had a real quick last question because I didn't get a solid answer earlier in the show. What lightsaber do I need to get? What, what's the lightsaber go to from Trey? Um, so LGT's custom lightsabers. So they're these ones that are like, you can interchange the parts. Um, if okay. this, this is gonna sound like a plug, but this is just a suggestion. Um, if you go to my YouTube channel, there is a uh, video called um, Lightsaber Update. And that video shows the lightsaber with the smooth swing that has all of the interchangeable parts and everything like that. And then you can go to how to build your own custom lightsaber at home. And that one will show where to get all the parts. Okay, and are these like, they can actually take a hit stuff that you can- Oh, 100%. 
my uh, okay. my brother and I have just wailed on them before. Only thing is, um, there have been quite a few people that have had a little bit of a problem where um, they'll get the lightsaber and they'll use it for a little bit. And then when they try to charge it, it just stops working. Normally, what happens is the battery is off just a little bit. So just that unscrew. With mine. Yep. Unscrew the pommel, adjust the battery, and then screw it back in, and it should be fine. Good Beautiful. deal. Good Thank deal, you. sir. Uh, that, is, uh, that was great. Uh, Charlie, do you have any last-minute things, any last-minute questions for Trey? You've covered everything. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've loved being on here, guys. I love, I love talking Star Wars. So. Absolutely. Well, that's why we're here. Star Wars nerds, brother, Star Wars nerds. We've enjoyed having you and you're welcome back anytime. For our listeners, whatever you say in the next 30 seconds, we're going to put the show notes. But for the listeners, where can they find you at? What platform? Uh, You you guys can find me on uh, YouTube and TikTok primarily. Um, I do also have an Instagram that I post on occasionally. Um, But yeah, on all of those platforms, just look up uh, Trey, T-R-E-Y, and then Vidman, V-I-D-M-N. And you guys will be able to find me. I post a lot of Star Wars and lightsaber content. Um, I've been doing it for about a year and a half now, two years, and I just absolutely love it. Good deal. Good deal. Again, it's been a pleasure having you. Everybody, uh, everybody, I hope you have an amazing weekend. To the listeners, thank you for joining us for this great episode with this special guest. And as always, may the slave one be with you, and we will talk with you next week. (laughs) Woo! Thank you for listening to LSR. If you enjoyed the show, consider subscribing so you will be notified when we release a new episode. If you would like to be a guest on the show or just want to give some feedback, feel free to email us at lightsaberradio at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star review on whatever platform you consume your podcast. It really does help. Once again, thank you for listening and may the force be with you.